find it now with Ericsson, pushed out by Karras, in comes Wanyama! Oh, there is the bolt from the blue! Now to go, and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Arsenal are walking in a winter wonderland! What a turnaround! Liverpool 3-0, call it, take it quickly, Origi! All right, welcome back to another episode of the 4-4 Brew Podcast. Joining me today is ever Caleb Fotenhauer. Caleb, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Patrick? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Joining after a brief three-week hiatus, Patrick Cleary. Patrick, welcome back. Thanks. The sound you're hearing is the sweet, sweet sound of a can of mediocre Liverpool-branded beer being opened. So I'm doing just fine. Fantastic. Also here with us, rounding up, rounding up the panel, Mikey Cleary. Mikey, how are you tonight? I'm uh, I'm doing good. Uh, it looks like uh, the Mir and Cristiano Ronaldo's fate. I will be staying with this podcast at least until January. So uh, yeah, we're we're here. We're here. We're we're just gonna we're just gonna work through it. I guess we were trying to send Mikey on a season long loan out to uh <laughs> to, to a rival podcast know. yeah, yeah exactly. it wasn't even to, pa- to patrick's friends nebraska football podcast no, i i uh the rumors <laughs> i was seeing was uh, they refused to cover his wages <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's get into it deadline day today patrick liverpool bringing in arthur mello from juventus on a season-long loan uh you've been you've been out there saying that liverpool need a new midfielder that the that the midfield is getting a bit old so you delighted by the signing or do you think it could have been uh maybe somebody a little better yeah I, I think it's great um I mean I, they just needed a, to get a body in there you know uh they've made deadline day or roughly deadline day signings before mostly they've turned out pretty well um the exceptions being Ozon Kabak and then the other Ben Davies that they signed two years ago uh, when they had all the center back injuries and um, signing those guys from relegation Stuttgart, I think, and from, I don't know, some championship team, maybe Birmingham city versus signing a midfielder from Juventus. Like it, it feels okay. Arthur Mello to me is like a, he's like a Mandela effect footballer. Like I, I feel like I've, He's been the subject of people are always talking about him at transfer time, but I never end up knowing. Can't ever picture him playing. I don't think I've ever seen him. I think he played for Barcelona when they lost five 0 Liverpool, but or four 0 But I really like can't in my head picture or imagine him ever playing. So it'll be interesting to see if he really exists. Maybe on Saturday. He was involved in that when they did that swap two years ago with Juventus for Miralem Pjanic and now Pjanic yeah. for like Besiktas or somebody, one of those, one of the Turkish teams. Can't really remember. Sorry. There's uh, a gust of wind in here. Yeah. I, uh, I, that was a, that was like a weird piece of like Cayman Islands accounting. It was like in Wolf of wall street when like those people have to tape the money to their bodies and fly to Switzerland a bunch of times. <laughs> It was like, like P- Pianich was going one way with like a bunch of euros taped to him and Melo's going the other way with, I don't know, gold bullion or something in his suitcase. <laughs> so I Is guess it's new- not good that we're hiring some kind of money laundering, you know, arbitrage technique, but whatever, man, if he can like 
if he can just be even a little bit better than Jordan Henderson, that's fine. Yeah. Is it, will he be, was he, I guess, registered in time to play this weekend then, or will he have to, do you th- do you th- expect him to play this weekend? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that's tough to come in in your first game as Everton away. Like yeah. uh, Everton in the past three seasons, I've mostly tried to break Liverpool player flags. So I don't think that they're going to play him this weekend. But he could be on the bench. I don't know if he was registered in time. If there was like Liverpool were keeping it very hush hush around this deal until it was done. Um, so he could be, but I kind of doubt it. Caleb, any, any deadline day business on the Arsenal front? I know they had, they went in for Douglas Louise, it seems like a handful of times and span of a couple of hours, but I know that that one didn't end up getting over the line. Yeah, no, uh, that was about the only bit of action out of the Arsenal camp seemed to, uh, you know, do their business bit earlier in the window. They did uh, have three different. Uh, bids rejected by Aston Villa today for Douglas Louise. Apparently the uh, personal agreements were all set in stone and he was keen on a move away from, you know, from Birmingham, but uh, the club, I guess Aston Villa just wanted to uh, really stick it to Arsenal after uh, the defeat yesterday. I personally think Steven Gerrard was just upset uh, that the Arsenal fans were, you know, chanting that he's going to be sacked in the morning yesterday. Just personally wanted to stick it to us because I think, you know, again, I don't, I don't rate Douglas Louise super highly, but he would have been good for the Arsenal midfield that has been, uh, you know, it's a bit short already. I and mean, there's been a few injuries. Mohamed Elneny is going to be out for a long period of time, apparently. And, you know, Thomas Partey is, is you know, seems to be made out of glass. So it's just inevitable that, that he'll be injured and missing games this season. So would have loved to get a defensive midfielder in, but, uh, you know, other than other than Douglas Luiz today, that was about all that uh, Adu and Arteta could muster up. So, I I personally am a bit worried that you know our lack of depth, especially midfield, might come back to bite us, especially with European football this year. Um, but you know, we're gonna have to see. You know, it it is what it is, and I think that they'll definitely have to have a busy January to probably freshen up because there are a few a few pieces, a bit of depth that I would have liked to be you know filled before the window closed, but, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So we're just going to have to see what happens. Are you, so I guess the midfield depth issues aside, are you content with Arsenal's business in the window or do you think they could have done a bit more? Um, You know, I think, I think from other than the midfield depth, I think I would give the, I think overall I'd give the transfer probably a seven out of 10 for this window. Um, I think they addressed a key area, um, obviously up front. You know, they, they brought in someone who can score goals. Um, he's already scored more than Lacazette had last year. Um, they addressed the issue with left back with bringing Zinchenko. And I think both of those signings really fit well in our Tedis system. Um, Fabio Vieira, we haven't seen him yet, but he's pretty talented from, uh, from Portugal. Be interested to see how he does as well as... I guess, well, Saliba technically wasn't a new signing, but it feels like it. He's obviously made a, a very large impact. So I think I'm, I'm pretty happy, and I think everyone that was brought in has raised the level, which is important. And I just – my one, you know, hesitation uh, with rating the window a bit higher would be that lack of depth. But, again, I guess, you know, Arteta has a plan. So And it's been working so far. So I, I can't complain too much. 
Yeah. Patrick, I, I guess I forgot to ask you that question. I guess, are you, were you content with Liverpool's business in the window or, cause I mean, they made that Nunez signing seems like months ago. And then now, now they bring in Mello on the last day, but could they have done a bit more? Do you think? Yeah, they should have got, they should have got another midfielder. Um, uh, I, I mean, who could have predicted that Fabinho would decline so steeply, so you know, so quickly? But he has; he's like been a ghost this season. So is Henderson. Um, so they should have got someone in as a stopgap because Harvey Elliott is twenty. He's, I think, has a really bright future, but it is not, I think, usually good for a player's development to have that much to be playing the number of games Liverpool play uh, in the midfield, you know, every season for that many years. Uh, supposedly the reason they didn't buy midfielders because they're going to, they think they're going to get Bellingham next summer, but I don't know. Man City have a way of they might not have swooping these players from year, Dortmund. You know? I mean, who knows? Maybe they won't. <laughs> it really, anything could happen. I, I was interested. I, I heard that Klopp apparently had, Alluded that they had their long-term target in the midfield was the Tuchenome guy who went to Real Madrid. Yeah, they bid so, on him. Uh, it's interesting I think he though cho- because he chose was, Madrid over Liverpool. Yeah, he chose them like in April, and then like they had to wait till today to get another another midfielder in, which is uh, I don't know. It's a bit interesting. Yeah. So historically, Liverpool have had this <laughs> policy where like if they can't get the guy they want, they don't get anyone, and that served them really well when they were trying to get Van Dyke and they couldn't get him. And then they were offered someone ridiculous, like Jan Bednarek. And uh, yeah, so, someone like Third that. Pole. Yeah. And, to, and they were, no, to we're going to wait. We'll come back for, we'll come back for Van Dyke. Yeah. It might not have been him, but um, so they, they have this habit of like not making panic signings basically. But then that came back to bite them when, uh, they didn't replace center backs a couple of years ago, like I was talking about, and they had a huge injury crisis. So maybe they learned the lesson and were like, well, Henderson got injured yesterday. Uh, Tiago is going to get injured again. Milner, we can't Milner come all season. A, a we have to get another. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous, though. Like, he's a pensioner. Yeah, he's collecting Social Security. Uh, no, so, I mean, they should – they. Yeah, they definitely should have got someone earlier. It was stubborn to like on the first day of the season, they should have realized, you know, a month ago was when Liverpool played Fulham to a, you know, lethargic 1 1 draw and all these players with like ghosts of their former selves. They should have known that day, okay, we have to get someone in, like even if just as a short term season. There are tons of midfielders available in this window. Um, even today, uh, Chelsea were trying to get. Did they get Dennis Sicaria, another defensive midfielder from Roma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was confirmed uh, around the same time. And they time got him alone. So yeah. Liverpool could have got a guy alone. I mean, yeah. So that that's a failure. Uh, they have a new guy. Their old guy, Michael Edwards, went to pastures greener. Um, so they have this new guy. His name I don't remember, and uh, not a great start. However, they did get Dar- Darwin Nunez, who everyone has forgotten about because he got a red card like three weeks ago. A month ago. He's yeah. coming back on Saturday. I think he's going to score. I think he's going to have a good season. Um, and I think that was like bold, smart thing for Liverpool to do, as was signing Luis Diaz. So, uh, and Fabio Carvalho, actually, uh, who we're going to talk about later. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not totally 
a lot of Liverpool fans are really like hyperbolic and reactionary about these things. Like we played bad a couple games and they're like, oh, we need to stack cloth. We need to, you know, fire uh, the director of football out of its cannon, you know, but yeah. that's not true. Like they had a, they had an okay transfer window. They've had worse. Mikey. How are you? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> How uh, was your dinner? Asking. Uh, it was delicious. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, uh, Trader Joe's frozen food is really just a treasure. Um, how how would I, you rate uh, your team's transfer window? I, mean, I honestly, as someone, I mean, as a coach, like, <laughs> did you, you know, go out and get some of the players you were looking at or? Uh, I, I how many dinners so. did you go on? <laughs> did CBC put in a, put in a bid for, uh, for Ronaldo, uh, we were in on uh, <laughs> Lissandro Martinez because um, he really just has the size to play at the high school level. Um, but what I, uh, I, I don't know, I will say I was, I was, I've been kind of pleasantly surprised so far. Um, I think the issue though with United, and this was something that like they didn't address, and it feels like we haven't addressed for a long time. Um, if you look at kind of you know every every other or the other clubs represented on this podcast, so Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal. Um, and I mean, you could make city, we don't really like city fans, but they, you know, we have to talk about them. Um, like all those other, all these other teams have, you know, a, like have that person, that guy who can score goals consistently. Like you have Kane, Sala, uh, it seems like Jesus kind of slotting into that role. And then on city, it's been sort of a revolving door. It's not an issue for them, but United haven't had this kind of like proven goal score for a while. And I think a lot of people expected it was going to be Ronaldo. Um, that obviously hasn't panned out so I think the I think the weird thing is that like it's kind of another transfer that's coming on and I can't say that there aren't people out there who uh I can't say there's players out there who wouldn't have been good but uh you know it's uh I I guess it is what it is but yeah all right uh well I guess we wrap this up with a little bit of Spurs or so nothing on uh nothing no deals on deadline day for Spurs kind of hoping they'd maybe come in for another center back on loan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we saw yesterday against West Ham. We'll talk about it, I guess a little bit later, but they still lack that creative midfielder piece, just someone to kind of break down, break through a couple of doors and get the attack flowing. And yeah, I guess that's why they've, when you have bring in Yves Basuma at the beginning of the year and he has his full First 90 minute start yesterday, maybe played two or three passes that weren't to a player that had previously just passed him the ball. So that was a little bit upsetting, especially right after we had gone down. And yeah, I mean, Romero's been out for the last three weeks, and Davison Sanchez is a good defender, but when he's got the ball, he just can't pass the ball. He can defend fine, but whenever he's under the slightest bit of pressure with the ball at his feet, his, his brain just turns off. So that was an area I figured Conte would ask for and let a couple guys go, such as Joe Roden. And yeah, I mean, that was the one I bet they'll probably go in. Sorry, for, you say Joe Rogan, Joe Roden. Uh, yeah, no, not Joe Rogan, Mike. Good one. Though, thank Mike. you for clarifying. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb, you so politely have your hand up. I have a question for you, Patrick, regarding the uh, Nottingham Forest game. Uh, what was your opinion on Richarlison's antics near the end of the game with him <laughs> doing keepy-ups in the corner? I mean, and... 
because Gary Cooper said it wouldn't be tolerated at not even fourth. So I don't know. Yeah, really wasn't what what's allowed at four, at uh, Tottenham, but that won't be allowed here. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine like, doing that in the game? Actually, yeah. I mean, shit, Howler. I think he deserves. Yeah, it's it just. Oh no! Absolutely. I mean, he got clattered, and it was all but it was, it was kind well of deserved. It, to be fair. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Like he, it's. I mean, he did what? Like two keepy ups and then just passed the ball away. He was under no pressure. Like, why not? Just trying to kill off a game. I mean, if that, if I was a Nottingham Forest fan watching that, of course I would probably be livid. After we've been, they had been attacking pretty well for the entire game and just had a couple of good chances and just didn't get anything to kind of fall their way. But I mean, Richarlison did exactly what he does, exactly what he did at Everton all the last like two three years he was there. He just is a, a shithouse. <laughs> He's a wind-up merchant. Yeah, like he, I mean, I had read on Twitter that the, I, I don't remember the Nottingham Forest that clattered him after he passed the ball away, but they were saying like he was lucky to not get a red card. And I mean, he did go like studs into Richarlison. So like he could have been kind of a stupid yeah. red card to get so close to the end of the game. But I mean, yeah, I mean, not a great look, but like he was tr- just trying to kill off a game. I mean, Part of the game. Yeah, yeah given... Given the chance, I think uh, Richarlison would be towards the top of like the Premier League players, where he just had like an open open chance to fit him. I mean, he's kind of there, right? Oh, like, I mean, that, Romero did this a very likable guy. Romero like snapped him in half when we played Everton at uh, at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last year, and then it was a huge thing when Richarlison was signed and he went into the like went into the dressing room for the first time when all the all the guys were there after after they just had training and Romero and Richarlison had a big hug. Where I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I cut you in half last season, but we're all we're all friends now. Hmm. Right, should we get Ellison into... will get into the World Cup team for Brazil? Hasn't he? I mean, he's he's had a few Brazil call ups, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. I guess I don't know. I mean, yeah, he has. I, I mean, I think he, I he was think... in the Copa America team. I mean, I don't think he'll start for Brazil. I mean, unless he, I he'll probably start against Fulham this weekend just because. Son, Son has just completely lost his form to start the year, and I think maybe a couple games on the bench for him might not be the end of the world. I mean, if Richarlison starts just banging in goals, like then yeah, I would imagine he would. I mean, he hasn't he provided he's had a, a couple really of assists good start so far. To the season, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's come really on good. for he's come on for like 10, 15 minute cameos. It seems like in each game, and he's created at least a, a handful of chances. Who else would start over Martin Like Alley? in his position. I mean, his proper Martin position Alley. is as a number nine, right? Yeah, yeah I think. I mean, so Martinelli's not really a no. number nine. Oh, no. And I don't think Martinelli would get the start over Vinicius. Right. But I don't think. I think either Neymar or Jesus would probably play down the middle. Over. Oh, I forgot about Jesus. Yeah. 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 Over, yeah. Uh, yeah you think, oh, given current form. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Jesus is that good. He's never been that good for Brazil, though. Until now, until who knows? Yeah, <laughs> things are different for him now, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he could play put Hulk and Coutinho up there too. But Firmino's been banging the goals lately. Why not slot him in? Do you want Firmino? Would you rather Firmino start this weekend over over Nunez? Uh, no. Well, no, maybe. Yeah, I think Nunez is actually really effective coming off the bench. Like he. Uh, against City in the Community Shield, he came in like the 55th minute and he completely changed the game, won it for Liverpool. He's that kind of player. Like he's explosive and he, if the defenders are at all tired, he takes advantage of it. 
I mean, people forget because people's memories are short, but he did that against Fulham too. He was really impressive. Uh, even like he got into good positions in the first half against Palace before he got sent off. He had one clear chance that he should have scored. Um, so, I mean, people are acting like, oh, what a disaster. For Liverpool, they signed this guy for a record fee and he's, you know, he's the total flop, disgrace. But it's not, I mean, that, he's a bit of a obviously, head, really. Yeah, but, you know, like, that happens. I mean, right. Mane would get sent off from time to time, too. Uh, to me, it's like, that wasn't a big deal. But I, I think um, I, I I think maybe it would be a good idea to have Firmino play the first 50, 60 minutes and bring new, throw Darwin in there, see, see uh, if he can evolve the game. Yeah. Well, let's continue, continue the Thank Liverpool you. chat then. Uh, I mean, so Patrick, they had that shaky start to the season, and then they not shaky, bad. Like, yeah, I guess, but yeah, bad, better word. And then shaky. put nine past Bournemouth, no reply. Put put Scott Parker out on the curb, and then two one win over Newcastle yesterday. So, I guess now that we're five games into the season, like, how are you feeling now? Now that they've got. No, they've scored 11 goals in the last two games. Um, weird. It doesn't uh, – okay, so I think a month ago we did our season preview, and I picked Liverpool to win just out of um, – well, out of a feeling that, like, Nunez is a good signing. Diaz will have a full season. Um, and we were so close last year to winning everything. And I don't think that we can win the league now. Like – it does. It just. It's beyond. Like, I mean, the points deficit this early is not that much, but we just don't look like that team. Like, we don't look like we're able to do that because our midfield is so weak. So, I don't know. That's what I'm feeling. But I, I also think Crystal Palace are really good. We drew them. I mean, like Crystal Palace almost like they gave City a lot of trouble. They gave Arsenal a lot of trouble. Um, I've been very impressed. Arsenal beat them now. Yeah, I know, but like, I mean, Liverpool aren't better than Arsenal. Liverpool are playing worse. I mean, but all three of Arsenal's midfielders would get in Liverpool's team. Like, maybe not Xhaka. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But, uh, you know, same with Fulham. Like, okay, I thought Fulham were going straight down, but They're pretty good. they don't look like that, do they? They look good. Yeah. Um, Man United. Mind the gap. Uh, it was a away derby. Like we played really bad. I mean, mind no the gap. Using that. So, <laughs> and then Newcastle, Newcastle, who we almost didn't beat. Like we got obviously we were lucky, but Newcastle are good too. I mean, Newcastle They're got good, a point yeah. off City. Like so, it's it could be worse. I guess is what I'm saying. Like Liverpool could end up, eat, like have you know winning the next ten games. You wouldn't be that surprised. Uh but I don't think we can challenge for the title. Um, I mean, I guess I just, like I, I guess when we looked at the season last year, when City, I mean, there wasn't. I guess that I guess the I don't think the points gap was that big, like this like this far into the season for between City and Liverpool. But we all kind of expected City to, I, I mean, not have trouble. But the fact that they didn't have like a true striker up top. Because Gabby or Gabriel Jesus like never seemed to play that much for them, and so like they had trouble like putting away chances and kill like sometimes killing games. 
And I mean, Spurs took six points from them last year, which just seems incredible looking back on it. But like now that they have Holland, they just they seem unstoppable. Yeah, that's just... the other problem. Holland is on play. I mean, it's like me and Mikey used to play this game uh, on our computer, Eight Vampires 2. Uh, did you guys ever play it? It was fun. It was one of those was like strategy three, games. It was three. Oh wait, no. This where you could play two. as like Genghis yeah. Khan and you would like direct his army to like conquer, you know, different, different lands. Yeah. Uh, and there's this cheat code that we found out on the internet that you could type in. Uh, how you type in how do you turn this on, and then instead of like a you know Cossack or whatever or like a horseman. You get this. <laughs> you get this. <laughs> I don't understand how this how like who invented this, but instead of one of those guys appearing, um, you got, uh, a Volkswagen Beetle that <laughs> the doors open that it shoots bullets. <laughs> so it was unstoppable. Like you know. <laughs> we ruled from Japan to Hungary <laughs> with uh, an army of Volkswagen Beetles. And Holland is like one of those guys. <laughs> like, everyone is, I mean, everyone, like, you can't defend, like, we have, you know, bows and arrows. And they have, you know, a Volkswagen Beetle that can shoot bullets. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? I, I have no idea. I think he could score, like, he, you know, if you, if he keeps up this scoring rate, he'll score 68 goals this season. I mean, obviously he's not going to do that, but he definitely could score 40. Yeah. The record is 31, and I would be surprised if he didn't score 40. Like the nice thing is that if like if he, I mean, if he does keep up his pace, and he, I mean, even if he were to get injured or something to miss, like uh, miss a few months, the really good thing is that uh like this just all means that no matter how successful he is, he'll get, I feel like he'll just get sold to like PSG will offer like a billion dollars or something or Real Madrid that at all. I mean, you'll only terrorize the Premier League for a few seasons. That's kind of my opinion. I also, I think it's a bit of a fraud. Yeah. yeah. What makes you say that? Elaborate. Well, I, I would like to inform our listeners. I wasn't originally planning on coming out tonight, but I was kind of convinced by the Patricks to come on and just lob awful takes. So this is my first one. I think it's a bit of a fraud. I'd like to see this. <laughs> Extended over a couple more games. I mean, we're—I mean, Arsenal's top of the table. Like these five games have told us nothing. Uh, I don't know. I just—I just don't think. I just don't think he really has it. And I think once the weather cools down a little bit, it'll kind of and you know, I guess that long break at the World Cup it'll be sort of. Uh, yeah. I—I I don't think. I he'll think he'll do better when the weather cools down, Mikey, from Norway. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, so. he'll be, that's he'll be more part. comfortable. I think. That, yeah, I think like this is—he's not even in optimal weather yet. No, that's what I mean. Though is he's actually on edge right now. Once those big feet of his are like his skis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Arsenal then, Caleb. So Arsenal five games unbeaten, sitting at the top of the table, wins over Fulham and Villa the last five days. Uh, did you expect Arsenal to start this strongly? I mean, I don't remember where you had them when we did our. Uh, our preseason, our preseason thoughts, but do you well, think they can I, keep I stuff? I, I think I, well, I had them finishing fourth, which or maybe third. I think I had them finishing third. Um, and you know, to tell you the truth, I'm a, maybe not surprised, but I'm pleasantly surprised that you know the start. I think, I think Arsenal teams. I think their performance so far indicates the 
you know, the amount of like the progression, you know, that Arteta's brought to the club and the team. I think Arsenal teams of old probably would have lost away at Palace. I think they could have, I don't think Arsenal from last year even would have won uh, last weekend against Fulham. I think they would have tied. And then even, even yesterday, I don't know if they would have won that game. Um, I think for me, what has struck me is the mentality that they've shown, especially winning conceding goals. Like yesterday, Arsenal conceded and they scored the eventual winner within 90 seconds. And they did something similar against Leicester, like where they just went down and scored like, like the basketball game, like off kickoff. Um, and that, you know, to me signals that Arteta's kind of gotten something across where, you know, I think Arsenal teams of old the mentality and I think a big critique against them was that they would fold and mentally weren't very strong. Um, but, you know, so far, I think, yeah, I mean, hey, top of the, top of the league, five wins out of five. Um, you know, we have three Gabriels who are just pouring them in. Um, you know, everyone loves everyone loves one Gabriel. I mean, and two Gabriels is great, but three I mean, it's just, you know, chef's kiss. Um, but I think uh, again, though, the the five games that they have played, you know, you would have thought looking out on paper, like, oh, they should win those. But clearly, like the Premier League, that doesn't always happen. I mean, look at Liverpool, look at City, Chelsea. So I think we'll we'll see. You know, like this game against United at the weekend, I think Arsenal, I think they really should win. But, you know, uh, you never know what's going to happen up north at Old Trafford. So I'm I'm surprised pleasantly. But also, you know, you could have seen it coming with the, the improvements they made this summer. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to have to see when they're actually going to face, you know, some, some real adversity. So, you know, stay tuned, but can't complain right now. All right. Well, I guess we can just move right into United there. You summed it up pretty, I guess, pretty perfectly there for us. So Mikey wins over Southampton and Leicester for United in the last five, four or five days. Uh, I don't know if you were able to watch the Leicester game at all. I mean, first half United looked, United looked really good. And then the second half, they just didn't really go on the attack too much. I mean, they were just kind of sitting back and defending, I guess, as you'd kind of expect them to towards the end of the game. Uh, Leicester, I guess, got a little unlucky. They had like three or four like pretty, pretty solid chances to score and couldn't capitalize on them with like two of them coming in the 92nd minute. But after that horrific start to the season for United, where are you at now on the uh, on the scale of optimism? Um, I think we're I think we're back to the maybe 10, 10 years on the scale. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just it's very hard to tell. And the thing that uh, the thing that gets me the most is like that we're I mean we're winning games that I feel like in the past that we've lost like I kind of saw like Leicester and I was like oh like we're probably we're probably gonna lose we're gonna be back to square one. Um, the thing that I am just not really I guess I don't know how to say it. The thing that I guess I'm just not really uh, like sure of anymore is how this is gonna. I don't know how, how the rest of the season is going to play out. Cause I mean, they clearly have a lot of momentum and I think a lot of rides on this Arsenal game. Um, like you said, I, I think one huge positive though, is that it seems like Sancho is starting to, I don't know, the word, I mean, the word I'd use is comfortable. Like he seems like he, it seems like he's genuinely liking, uh, or he seems like he's enjoying himself, which is not something we often see from like United players. Um, and I also think like kind of to, like I said, with the transfer window, like a lot of the, you know, it's actually, 
is starting to things are starting to look up. And I think that, you know, I mean, Martinez, he may be like the height of Messi, but he's definitely starting to get a little better. Um, like you said, Patrick, I would much rather, you know, maybe the next next couple times, like the next time you play team like Lester, it's like, yeah, maybe you do try and get just just one more to be safe. Um, because you know, I was able to was able to, you know, watch the game or rewatch the game basically after uh before I was before I before we started recording tonight. Um just in just in general though, I uh I'm I'm not quite sure what to make of this team. And I think that like this is, you know, it, it's shocking, but like this is their kind of test. And so I mean if because Arsenal's been unstoppable and Man United have been extremely stoppable. Um so I think that a lot, like a lot, like a lot of rides on this game and it's kind of this test of like, okay, well, how good are Arsenal really? And at the same time, it's like, is, is, uh, is, you know, is Eric just been able to kind of skirt by or is this, gen- or is this actually the start of, uh, you know, kind of something, something real for, uh, for United. What do you I think about say, Mikey? Oh, not Gail. Go ahead. Dang. Um, no, what I was going to say, Mikey, I think these last two games I've actually been able to watch. I wouldn't say that United have been overly impressive. I think both of the teams they've played, like Leicester are bad. Like they're yeah. actually quite, yeah. they're, they're really poor. And then Southampton are, you I, don't, know, I don't really know what happened to them. I mean, they're like the last, I, I, I think Brendan Rogers will probably be sacked soon. Um, they he might just they resign. Just, like, I don't good. even know if he they're wants, just, he doesn't even look like he wants to be there. No, exactly. And it's just, it's poor. But again, United, I think as, as a new manager, you know, comes in, it looks like he's trying to figure out his best team. And I think he's got it with his back four. I think Malasia, Martinez, Veron, and uh, Dalo are pretty good back four. They look comfortable. But I think, you know, as new teams with new managers, like, tend to go, there'll be ups and downs. And I think that, you know, they did pick up points against those two teams. But for me, it's, it's going to be a roller coaster all year, which I think you most United fans probably agree with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I will say, like, if it's like to be perfectly honest, if we give Arsenal a close game, or even if like if it's a one, if it's a you know, if it's a one goal game, or even if it's just like a, I think know, you will. I think it'll be close. I yeah, and I would and I, like. I would. I would honestly count that as a success. Like, if we get a point, or if we get any points out of it, it's a huge. It's a huge coup for. Uh, for uh for Eric Eric ten weeks, um, but I don't know. I think that this is the kind of thing that you get that have gotten used to is a sort of like optimism, and then was Mikey talking back. this whole time? No, no, don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Mikey you, you, show. You get you get used to this kind of uh you get used to this sort of weird optimism, and then you have this crushing defeat, whether it's the hands of Brentford or Arsenal. Um, and things come crashing down, and then you get like a couple of results back, and yeah. Would but you I mean, really I, feel like? Would you really feel like things are crashing down though if you lose to Arsenal this weekend? I mean, like no, it wouldn't like be the, like. I mean, it'd be a bad loss. I mean, like no loss is a good loss, but like for teams to lose to so far this year, like Arsenal would not be. No, like, absolutely not. It would. Just, it's just one of those things where it's like the team has a lot of like they seem to finally be kind of gelling together they seem to start to have some chemistry and it seems like the system is kind of quote-unquote working um and i mean like the liver liverpool was was huge um but uh like getting getting those three points but i would just say like it seems like things are starting to go in the other direction um and starting to like trend positive it's just what i mean so 
it's just this thing where it's like, okay, well, are you starting over? Because the biggest thing for me is that like the fans seem invested. Um, like Old Trafford is kind of, is, is loud again, and uh, I mean, you just kind of hope that they don't like kind of throw. They're just kind of like you know throw that all down the drain this weekend if you know like they concede one to Arsenal and just give up, and then it's like a four 0 game or something like that. Are you happy that Ronaldo didn't leave, or do you kind of just wish that chapter would be over? Um, I honestly like don't know because I think like the it's kind of nice for like United fans. It's like you see uh, you see Ronaldo and Maguire like <laughs> sitting next to each other on the bench and thinking about how much you know how Can much. We see that, that shirt Caleb? <laughs> Yeah, Caleb's doing laundry right now. That's this is great for our listeners. <laughs> Can we get a, maybe a audio, a, a description? <laughs> audio of what what on earth? <laughs> That's okay, fantastic. So, let me see. It looks like is that some kind of angel holding up a fish? It's a, a wolf. Where are my glasses? It looks like a, a traditional uh, indigenous person, and then there's a, a couple wolves in the sky, you know, coming down <laughs> over mountains in the woods. As what is she having her? Is she giving the wolves the thumbs up? Just kind of one of these, like a finger gun, like <laughs> <laughs> one day I'll shoot you. <laughs> and it's where'd you get that? I got it off of one of my uh, one of my buddies, I think. It's a good just lounging shirt. It's not one that you wear out in public too often. I gotta say, the fact that you don't wear that in public very often. I've worn it a few times. Yeah, <laughs> that's more like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The looks you probably get when you walk past. For those of you who are listeners at home, Caleb is, I think, folding his laundry right now and holding up every shirt in front of the camera. (laughs) Just so we know. A little peek behind the curtain for you. Yeah. Let's see. A global Global super super taker. taker. It's a a frocket. It's amazing. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Oh man. <laughs> well, Mikey, anything anything more on Man United? I I, I feel like my mind's just gone completely blank. Um, I don't know. You just need you just need a couple wolves to kind of come down from the heavens this weekend for him. You know, maybe get an early goal and hope he can sit back and earn a point or maybe three if you get really, really lucky. But do you guys think wolves will go down? I had them finishing wolves. bottom of the league, and they have not I- looked that good to start the year. I think Leicester would go down before uh, Wolves do. I don't think they fall I mean, from grace. Leicester sucks. They were so bad. They did not look good. They haven't looked good like all season. I think They're Villa not- are worse than both those teams. I think it depends Bournemouth who sacks their manager are, first. Bournemouth are the very worst team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Bournemouth I mean, Villa needs to be, obviously, they need to get rid of it. Like, look how good that squad is. Like yeah, I they're, mean, they're too, I think Villa's squad is better than Leicester's. Like, quite frankly, yeah. Really Although do. Villa's squad is similar to, they've done a similar thing to Chelsea this summer, but over the past three years, where they've just like, oh, there's a Gotten whoever there's a transfer to be had, we're gonna do it. Let's we'll, let's just sign everybody. Like they have all these different guys who don't fit together at all. Um, they have like you know people who can't play together but who expect to start, and it, I think makes it an impossible job especially for someone like Derek who's so inexperienced. Really what they need to do is get Carlo Ancelotti in. He can deal with the big yeah, personality. Oh, the personality of Wendia and, I'm sure and Philippe Coutinho. Yeah, he's the only guy who could figure out how to make, you know, um, Danny Ings, Danny Ings <laughs> play with uh, 
whatever that other guy's name is. Ollie Watkins. Yeah, Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins is such a background character in Harry Potter name. Ollie Watkins. It's like one of Dudley Dursley's friends. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to remember that name, Ollie Watkins. But what about yeah, like, like what about they, there's no point in having they yeah, he would be good. Well, no, he was a disaster at PSG. Aston Villa are the PSG of Birmingham. So I don't think that would work. What is Birmingham City then? It's a small I would get Brage. I would I would do a straight swap Brage for for Stevie. Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Rogers now is the most my okay, so I think you guys know this, but my dad, whenever he sees a Northern Irish person on TV, he says typical Ulster guy, sorrowful mysteries. Because he says that all people from the north talk with a real deep sadness in their voice, uh, which I think is kind of true. Um, Liam Neeson does, you know, and Brendan Rogers does. But all now Brendan Rogers is the most sorrowful of the sorrowful mysteries. He's yeah, the he most sorrowful he's okay. He's never been more sorrowful. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like everything's yeah. right with him. Yeah. It's uh it's deeply sad. Rory McElroy too, he's another sorrowful mystery. Oh guy. yeah, total sorrowful um, mysteries. But yeah, uh, he's obviously a very good manager. I've seen it uh, written, and I think it's probably true that he's the best British manager of his generation, which is hilarious because he's not even. So it must be written. So it must be true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm saying I didn't come up with that, but I think it's a very funny thing to say about a guy who's not even British. It would be funny if after this he got like you know Southgate goes out in the group with England. They get rid of him. They bring in Brendan Rodgers, and he will say, "I was, I was supporting England, you know, from when I was a child, like Celtic and Liverpool, and Watford." <laughs> uh, All right. Well, yeah. Sorry to sorry to go off on a tangent there. I don't. No, we have we haven't had we good. haven't had one of your tangents in a while, so it was much. I have needed. a few different rants that I wrote down. I could do any oh, of those. No. Oh, fantastic. Well. Let me just talk. So we touched on Spurs a little bit earlier, but uh, so they beat Forest away at the city ground. I mean, wins a win, I suppose. I mean, they didn't look, they didn't really look that great the entire game. Uh, the West Ham game, they were very lucky to walk away with the draw. West Ham had like three, three chances in the last five minutes where the ball was just thrown across the face of goal and nobody was there on the, on the receiving end. Uh, Lucas Paqueta came on for West Ham and he looks like he'll be a pretty good addition to their midfield. He was pretty good for Leon the last couple of years. And I don't know, he came in, he came in like the 60th minute and controlled that midfield for the last 30 minutes of the game. Um, hopefully Benton Kirk can come back soon. I guess he got like semi concussed against Forrest. It must have completely missed that. I watched that whole game, must have just turned my head away for a second and that's when he was maybe you had a concussion Patrick yeah may, I must have gotten a concussion watching that game because I don't remember that happening <laughs> Blacked out. yeah so can I say something about um Lucas Paqueta and Bentoncourt sure so you know how uh a few years ago Sam Allardyce said that he doesn't get the respect he deserves and that if his name were Allardyceo then he'd be like Man United manager <laughs> sure. um so I I always think like the reverse what players there are in the league who if you could make if you could anglicize their names it would get no respect i th- and i think if lucas paqueta were named luke packet no one would be 
No, absolutely no one would be five excited million. About him. Five million. Yeah, uh, Two point five million from Swansea. Um, <laughs> and if instead of Ben Tanker or Ben Tanker, so I I think you put together a team. There's Joe Linton or Joel Inton, um, Ben Tanker, uh, Luke Packett. Um, I don't know. I I I. I guess I gotta. I'll think. I'll work on this for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, and I'll come get up with another answer. At the end. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Eve Spasuma came in. Ed Urson. Uh, that'd be Ed Urson and goal. Ed Urson. Yeah. Edward Urson. <laughs> yeah, Ed. Eddie. Eddie Urson. Where's the cap every game? Yeah. Old school kind of guy. <laughs> Dean Henderson. Yeah. Hits his legs. Socks are just oh, I was all the so... way up. I was so excited to see Dean Henderson come out for the second half wearing that Nottingham Forest baseball cap and it's then go and go. That's awesome. You got to bring it's it back. Such a hurling move. Yeah. <laughs> Saved a penalty from Kane in that game too. It had had to be the ball cap. It was that. Um, it was hundred yeah. percent that. But yeah, as I said earlier, Basuma had his first start of the season and he was woeful. Just did not want to advance the ball up the field. I. I mean, when you have a Hoybier Basuma midfield, you need at least one of them to be looking up the pitch and not just passing it back to Loris with every every touch they have. And neither of them really wanted to play a positive ball. So that was really upsetting. And but West Ham and Spurs both had like the same mentality going into the game where they were just going to kind of absorb pressure and then try and hit on the break. And they traded that off uh in the first half and Spurs were the only ones to capitalize on it and then Loris, I guess, just forgot how to clear the ball in the second half and had like three Spurs players on the left left side of the field, missed all of them, just shot it straight out of bounds, and then off of a throw-in, Suchek, another one where I looked away for a second and I come back and Suchek has the ball in the six-yard box and just pokes it in. And, and yeah, the West Ham should have won the game. They yeah, there's a few scares at the end. Yo, yeah, no, we were – Chris, Chris Bull and AJ Kastner and I were texting saying, like, there were so many – we were so lucky to come away with the point there. And I think all the players knew it too. And Conte looked – it was really – he, like, shook David Moyes' hand at the end of the game in a very patronizing way, which I thought was really – I think he's, like, putting an emphasis on showing respect to all the managers now after the clash with Tuchel. Like, he looked into his eyes a little too much and, like, put his hand, like, on the side of David Moyes. And he's like, that was a great game. And yeah, start just seeing the edible arrangements. And, yeah, just know, cards. And Thank you. Yeah, they had Spurs had a Spurs were given a handball penalty in the first half, or I guess it was called against West Ham. Then it went to a lengthy VAR review, and, and it was over to rightfully so overturned because it hit Cresswell in the head and then hit his arm. And Conte was upset about that after the game, which just seems like backwards. Like, like it's one thing to be upset, like if like a VAR decision goes against you, but like, that was the, it was like objectively the correct call. And it's just like, you're just like trying to wind fans up saying like, Oh, the referees are out against us, which just, I I hate that narrative. Like for whoever team it is, like that there's an agenda against certain teams. It's just infuriating to listen to, but that's enough for Spurs. I think for now. So uh, anybody have any strong thoughts on Chelsea? Nick isn't here to delude us with his Chelsea thoughts, but Bringing in a bomb yank seems like a pretty good signing. What really? I mean, they need a. They don't have anybody up front that can score. 
well, kind of have like, oh, yellow card. like they brought in okay so on a team where the problem is that <laughs> the guy who's playing striker always gets the ball in front of the goal and kicks it over Obamiang is not the guy you want <laughs> to solve that problem. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he's well, I the think they're, I think their approach they replaced, keep signing uh, those guys. They replaced Timo Werner with someone who doesn't run as much but misses the and goal as much. I mean, and he has an Arsenal tattoo on his arm. Yeah. And he, he unsettles the uh, dressing room. Surely. He's going to show up late. He'll show up late. And, uh, well, he did. <laughs> I'm going to go to Gap tomorrow and unsettle the dressing house room. His house got uh, broken into this week. <laughs> So thoughts and prayers up to uh, the Aubameyang family. Why they are people's houses up. always getting broken into in Europe? They're having an unhealthy Maria. They need that. to have, you know, some home security. What's the company? Uh, ADT. Blackwater. ADT. ADT, yeah. <laughs> With the little, like, stop signs in front of the front door. With the, this the house is protected by ADT. Hang on, better. Did you say Blackwater? <laughs> I thought you were thinking, like, yeah. Blackwater is a, a mercenary company that, yeah, uh, no, that you know I guess. U.S. contractors in Afghanistan. Uh, you could probably get them if ADT is not available. <laughs> <laughs> off. No, uh, the commercial for ADT now has the Property Brothers in it. It's it's really intense. Yeah, you know, well. I would recommend you guys check that out. Be wary. I feel like people are always their houses are always getting broken into in Europe. It's like it's becoming a thing. Like yeah, I feel like since COVID, because uh, remember, happened. like um, who the, who are the two Arsenal players who like Kolasinacin Ozil? Kolasinacin yeah. yeah. like beat up two guys with guns. Like he was awesome. Yeah. He he totally like chased them off. But like it oh, yeah. like and Shaka is like in the Albanian mob or something. He's getting like he got no. that fake yellow card. Whatever that is, like there's some weird. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely something weird with that. Somebody threw 50,000 pounds on him getting a yellow card. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> within seconds of him coming out. For the most pointless yellow card in I his mean, career. but to be fair, that's not... A, <laughs> in, in last season, that wasn't a bad shout. Like, I mean, it, it's... You know, it, that's not a bad punt just to say that he'll get a mm-hmm. yellow because, you know, traditionally, he doesn't mind getting stuck in. Mm-hmm. But there could be some, you know, some shady dealings with the Albanian... Uh, front but you know yeah who's to say <laughs> not i did, any, did I, anybody know any more about this paul pogba blackmail thing from his brother did anybody oh, yeah. else see that let's yeah, he, do some he, wild speculation he uh put a um he a witch's had curse. a witch, witch doctor curse. put a put a curse on mbappe um was what Wait, his brother pogba said no. pogba alleged or pogba's brother i guess they're both pogba's aren't there that paul pogba you employed a witch doctor to curse Kilian Mbappe. Now, Pogba said that he used the witch doctor to give him a spell that would make him, you know, free of injury, which just clearly didn't work. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, got a receipt. <laughs> Made him more injury prone. So, yeah. if anyone's to blame, I think it's this witch doctor. But then a gang led by Paul Pogba's brother you know, it was forcing that was forcing Paul is to pay gang of them. Witch it's so funny no, that they thought that getting a witch doctor is like serious <laughs> enough thing to blackmail someone over. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a to a doctor, you know, it's scandalous. Uh, it, I guess, <laughs> it's yeah, absolutely scandalous. I mean, Yaya Toure got a witch doctor for a person Guardiola, and it worked. Yeah, yeah City still haven't won the Champions League. Yeah, and they yeah. never will. So, 
Pogba because really needs to call, call that guy. Yeah. Maybe that's what's going on with Brendan Rodgers. He had like a run-in with a oh my doctor. God. And yeah, we hope he's okay, really. No, I just realized that since that, Yaya Toure, I think Man City's <laughs> most prominent – this might be wrong. I think maybe Man City's most prominent African player is Benjamin Mendy. Oof. Riyad Mahrez. Oof. The one guy who went against the – Riyad well, Mahrez. Riyad Mahrez. Their second most prominent African player. <laughs> the one guy who went against Yaya Toure's curse. I think Benjamin Mendy's Senegalese, right? Maybe he's French. He is Mendy French. is a common Senegalese name, so he could no, have been Senegalese. Ben, ben Mendy uh, played for France, but yeah, there definitely would be some. So the, the one guy who betrayed, I don't know, I guess Yaya yeah. Torres. Riyad Mahrez is actually African, you know. He's from I don't there. know, man. I would like, I hope that that, that that guy who put the curse in Guardiola gets somehow called to testify in one of these many trials involving <laughs> Manchester soccer players. It's just the same as at United, you know. I think this would have been great for United to deal with. What the, the witch doctor situation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the only that's thing exactly that's what Yeah, I think that would add a nice layer to the uh, Man United cake of drama. <laughs> All right, well, that seems a good as place, Benny, to to end for today. <laughs> you don't want to hear my rants? <laughs> oh, I forgot about the rant. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry, we're not done yet. I think we're all Patrick. Outside. No, oh, I had one more player too, Martin Ellie. Yeah, that's not bad. That's okay. Uh, not as yeah, good as Ed Urson. Martin Ellen. Yeah, Edward Urson is my favorite. Edward Urson, yeah. <laughs> Edward Urson, yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, Pat, maybe yeah. we'll go with, okay, go I got with one okay. for. Okay, well, I got a quick one. This is second right, go for it. I didn't know that this happened, but my mom told me that Arlo White is doing commentary for the Live Golf Tour. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... Like, I love, I really love Arlo White, you know, he, he was one of my favorites of all time. And the fact that he fell out, I mean, sell out. yeah, completely. Yeah. I think I would even go so far as to say, like, it's one thing for, you know, Eddie Howe to go to Newcastle or for, you know, <sighs> it's even one thing for some of these golfers, like, obviously not the big ones, but for like, if you're like a minor golfer in the PGA Tour and you're getting this crazy paycheck, Okay, fine. But like you're Arlo White, you could keep on doing the World Cup, the Premier League forever, and you're disgracing yourself by, you know, giving legitimacy to this sports washing project, and like what actively, are, literally are, being the voice of it. I think that that's uh, that's terrible. So, shame what a waste him. of a good broadcaster too. Like you don't yeah, need to have his broadcaster. It's all yeah, he is, he is our fraud of the week. I say a proposed fraud of the week. Number two is Erling Holland. Can't do it in cold weather. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that, that was interesting is uh, Redbird Capital, which is the um, uh, uh, consortium that bought a big chunk of Liverpool earlier this year. Um, or bought a bigger chunk. They already owned it. Uh, which LeBron James owns a small amount of and your favorite. You always hear this stupid thing about how he loves Liverpool because he, like, business manager told him to invest in this company to invest in Liverpool. Um, they also are going to buy, do a full takeover or have done of AC Milan. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, the two, a few years ago, we were expecting, like, the future of. European soccer to be this contest between uh, 
Gulf state oil money and uh, East Asian money, like, uh, you know, like the owner of Lester, for example, or uh, the former owner of um, BRL. Uh, but actually, there's been no investment, very little investment from China and Taiwan, uh, uh, Thailand, and way more investment from the US. So I, I think it's really like, it doesn't bode well that the most prominent example of that this year is this guy who owns the Dodgers who's like trying to, I don't know, who's totally thrown off the whole world, like created this crazy inflation by bidding a hundred million for Anthony Gordon. Like, yeah, I, I think these Americans are like throwing all this money at soccer um, because like they think that eventually people in America will pay a lot of money to watch AC Milan in the Champions League. And it's going to like, it, it just further erodes the things that are stopping us from having a super, uh, you know, a European super league. So I don't know, keep an eye on that, but it's bad. You know, may the red bird capital get sucked into the jet engine, uh, you know, the downward spiral. That's my, that's my wish. All right. Well, there you go. Now that's as good a place as any then for today. So absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. My absolute pleasure. What about Dan Illo? Remember Danilo? He's played for Man City. Daniel Illo. (laughs) Come up with the rest of that team for next week. (laughs) Starting 11. Keep working on it now. Fantastic. Caleb, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for uh, for hosting, Patrick. It uh, was a lovely time. Of course. Mikey, pleasure as always. I'm curious if Erling Holland is going to be able to score as many goals when he's wearing gloves. We'll see. That's a true test. All right, we will be back next week with a Champions League preview.